Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It was a revelation to me to understand that, man, you can do stuff in a very simple way, be super productive, and still have a ton of fun doing it without killing yourself 14 hours in the office and doing all this other stuff. They showed me a different way of doing things instead of just showing up early, going home at midnight, and making sure everything gets done. It was really that the systems and processes that they had in place. To me, I, mean, I still use most of them to this day. So it was, to me, that was revolutionary from what I thought coaching would be. On today's podcast, we share the coaching journey of Coach Matt Myers, who's the head football coach at Kansas Wesleyan, and he's pointed out to me that he is not a classically trained coach. So we're going to understand what that means, as well as what he's been able to do to take over a program that's had success. He was a player there, an assistant coach, now the head coach, and we're going to learn about a lot about what he does to continue that success, as well as how his background has affected this. So, Coach... Great to have you here on the podcast. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. So let's start from the beginning for you. And as I mentioned in the introduction, you said, I'm, I'm not a classically trained coach. To you, what does that mean? I, I played college football, small college football at, at an NAI school, Kansas Wesleyan, turns out. And I did that in, in two sections. I did that when I was 19 years old, coming back from junior college. And then when I was going into my junior year of football, I, I had an injury. So I dropped out of college for the next six years. Over that time, I got married. I moved to Memphis. I bought a house. I put my wife through optometry school, started a small business in my garage. And then when I was 26, she completed school and we came back. I came back to college and just so happened that Matt Drinkle, Vince Phillip, and John Micheletti were, were introduced as the new coaching staff at Kansas Wesleyan. So I uh, I came back to play football for those guys. They did a tremendous job there. Obviously, we've had Matt on the podcast several times, and I met Matt, I think, in 2017, his first appearance on the podcast. And I was so impressed with what this young guy was doing to build a program. And you saw the results, right? I mean, really a turnaround in a program that is at the top of national rankings now in, in NAIA, and you guys are doing an outstanding job. So... Talk to us a little bit about, I guess, that transition for you, going from being a 26-year-old player uh, to a 29-year-old <laughs> graduate, volunteer coach, and where it went from there. Right. So after I was done playing, I was living in Manhattan, Kansas, which is an hour away. My shop was still in Salina. So I was coming back, and I was just helping out where I could. Spring ball, I helped out with those guys. It was a very natural transition. They were, I mean, basically my peers, 
coordinators my age. Drinkle was a few years older than me. Mick was a few years younger than me. So, you know, they, they were just like my buddies. I just want to hang out with my buddies, kind of. So I started coaching with them. I volunteered for two years until Joe Morrissey took a job in Knoxville and left. There was an opening. And uh, Drinkle, you know, gave me the opportunity to come and coach full-time. And my wife had, was transitioning back to Salina. So it just, just kind of matched up in a really good way. And that started in uh, 2018. So all of my all of my coaching experience up to the, up till then had been purely volunteering, helping out where I could in the 16, 17 season. And in 18, I got, you know, I got my, a full-time job. So I got to get out of the garage and into the, into an office and learning how, you know, the ins and outs of how an NII program operates. When you look at those first years of coaching, now you got a business going, right? That's certainly a focus but you're trying to absorb this new aspect of being a football coach. What were the most impactful things you learned in, in those years, as you said, not classically trained, probably meaning you didn't go through the GA intern, all that kind of stuff. You're, you're volunteering, you're learning on the fly. What were the things that made the most impact on you and really are part of who you are as a coach now? So I start coaching. I just, I don't know. I've played in their defensive system. I've watched his offensive system, but I just, you think of coaching as like, you're going to show up. Uh, you're going to coach a lot of football. You're going to design new plays, new schemes, watch a lot of film. And really at the small college level, you do everything but that until, you know, it's, it's time to do that. So the scheme and philosophy behind it, what, what I began to understand is that it has to be simple. Like everything we do has to be super simple. And then you can offset, you know, how fast you run your offense or what you're going to install into your defense that year or week to week. But really what I learned was these coaches are doing everything, you know, just based on, you know, departments and personnel and, you know, what, what has to get done. So the football side of stuff, based on the amount of time that you have during the day with yourself, the staff and the players, it has to be very simple. So all the brilliant ideas I, I may have thought I had, you know, at that time um, weren't brilliant ideas. It was just, it, it was probably more hassle and just, it was just too much. You know, you can, you can really out coach yourself at times. And that's something that coach Wrinkle and Vince Phillip and John Nicoletti, who, by the way, those two guys just got head coaching jobs also, they taught me. I mean, that was, it was a revelation to me to understand that, man, you can do stuff in a very simple way, be super productive and still have a ton of fun doing it without killing yourself 14 hours in the office and doing all this other stuff. They showed me a different way of doing things instead of just showing up early, going home at midnight and making sure everything gets done. It was really that the systems and processes that they had in place to me, I mean, I still use most of them to this day. So it was, to me, that was revolutionary from what I thought coaching would be. Another unique aspect of what you guys have done at Kansas Wesleyan is the work environment there. When I got to know Matt, we became friends on Facebook after his first interview on the Coaching Coordinator podcast. And I started to follow you guys through the season and just could see by the pictures he's posting, like, wow, this looks like a very fun place to work. And then I think it was 2018 in San Antonio, there was the you know, there's a Kansas Wesleyan uh, scooter gang that seemed to be all over the place with, with Matt leading the charge there and, you know, watching you guys around the convention that, again, you know, verifying, man, these guys have a lot of fun coaching. And, you know, and then I got Matt on and said, what is it? What do you guys do? And he talked about just how he views it and what he can do to really bring value to you guys and to make this a rewarding experience. So what did you learn from that aspect and how does that continue on with what you're doing as a head coach? 
Yeah, so the, the work-life balance is is a huge deal, especially at our level. I know Coach Wrinkle talked about it a ton. He told us, too, you know, he said, I can't compensate you, you know, more than X, right? So how do you compensate your staff without giving them actual money, right? Well, cash basket is what Andy would like to give to everybody, but it's, you can't do that all the time. So what he did give us was time, all right? So, you know, our systems are in place, your, your protocols in, are in place from, uh, you know, everything you do. So that's, all that's defined on the front end. Well, on the back end of that, we don't have to show up at 6 a.m., you know, have a staff at super early and then, you know, work with the kids and all day long and then, you know, staff at the end of the day. Everyone kind of knew their role, whichever that was. When I first started, I was in academics. So I spent my day doing a lot of work with, the, with our guys on academics. You know, and outside of that, like we could show up at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., you know, and get our work done and then leave at a reasonable time, especially when we're not in practice and cutting film and watching film in season, stuff like that. So it's super beneficial. In 2017, I had my firstborn, Madden, and John Micheletti, who was going into his first year as a defensive coordinator, was going to have his first boy that fall. So if you can imagine, right, I mean, I'm sure a lot of coaches out there have gone through this. Like you have a kid, like you're really stressed out, you got to do a lot of work. Well, Drinkle had everything so ironed out on the front end that the that the work would get done, you know, and if it didn't get done, like, right, we'd hear about it, like you would know. But as long as it got done, we didn't have to be there for 12, 14 hours a day killing ourselves to do the work. It really becomes the environment that he created is something that, I mean, I'm, I try to create. Now, I do it probably in a little bit different way than Coach Wrinkle did. I mean, he's highly intelligent and, you know, very funny, knows a lot of different stuff. And I've sat in staff meetings with him for a couple hours, and we went over, we'll just zoom around on Google Earth and look at different places. Like, we, I've done that in staff <laughs> meetings. Just check out other cool spots on the planet. Like, we're sitting downstairs in the basement of Kansas Wesleyan, and he's like, that's what we're doing for that staff meeting, just to, you know, kind of take some of the pressure off and have some fun and, you know, play. I mean, how many hours of blitz, NFL blitz did I play on N64? I don't know. It was a lot. And that sometimes that was our day at the office or, you know, a, a, a piece of our day at the office. So it wasn't just grind, grind, grind. Um, you know, and then at the end, like, what if you don't get the result that you were expecting? You know, you're not as defeated if you don't get exactly what you expected out of the time that you put in. As you look at the program moving forward, you've you've served as the defensive coordinator, now overseeing the whole program. How do you envision handling everything and being able to understand here's here's what we're doing on offense, here's what we need as far as the overall team game plan and complementary football, you know, overseeing things, uh, seeing the special teams, you know, what's going on with strength and conditioning, the whole thing now for you, what, what things are you focused on to help you make that transition and manage that effectively? The number one thing is communication. So when I talk to my staff, like I hired a strength and, and speed guy. I've been doing it for the last couple of years, which you're going to talk about not classically trained. You know, I, I took John Nicoletti's programming and I just implemented it. Most of the guys on staff that I hired, by the way, uh, they graduated from Kansas Wesleyan. So they've been through the Drinkle systems and protocols. I'll just call them Drinkle systems and protocols so everyone knows that I didn't, I'm not trying to take credit for them. Now to put some spin on it and do some different things, like I, I went out and I hired um, an offensive coordinator who runs a very similar offense to Drinkle. So there's, there won't be big gaps in, in learning for our kids. I, you know, I did a couple things to get him and Coach Bauer and Drinkle together 
you know, to help meld those two together. So when the guys that we have coming back, they can, they walked in the spring ball feeling very, very confident in what we were doing and the plan, you know, that I have for them. And it's, it's the drinkle plan. It's, you're going to go as fast as humanly possible. We'll slow you down when we need to. And we're not going to install, you know, a playbook that, that is super, super thick. I would keep everything very simple. Um, Defensively, I had the guy that helped me on defense last year. We hired him last July. Went through the entire fall with me last year. We changed up a few things this spring, but I'd really like to hand that responsibility off to him, Coach Leonard, who's really qualified, played at Wyoming. Dude's been in Salina for a long time. Like, I know he's going to be around. And then Coach Photo played quarterback here for us, was All-American two years in a row. You know, then I have the three GAs who all played here. The staff that I built, they don't have a lot of experience either, but they're really, really, really good dudes, all right? So they're, they're very responsive. They communicate extremely well. And so I don't have to babysit or worry about what they're doing. I can give them an assignment and a task and know that it's going to get done, uh, especially the guys that have been here. You know, it, you, know you first get into coaching, especially I, I think back to, you know, even 18 when I got hired full time after I was done volunteering, I was lost. Like I'd sit at my computer all day going, all right, what do I do next? And it, it takes a little bit of time to, you know, really understand the flow of how everything works and operates. But if you hire people that have already been through the systems and processes, like my GAs, uh, like Coach Photo and my strength and speed guy, I don't have to worry about those guys. I know they're, I know exactly what they're doing. And then the coordinators, I can kind of help with as needed. So my goal as the head coach is to not be calling plays. I want to focus on behaviors of our team. You know, people call it culture, I guess, a lot. I mean, culture is just the decisions you make and the actions that you take. So I don't talk about culture a lot. I, I try to break it down into, you know, into smaller categories that the players can understand, that the coaches can understand, and that I can evaluate. I mean, even on myself, you know, so I talk a lot about loyalty. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that. How do you make that measurable loyalty, right? I mean, kind of ab- an abstract idea, uh, not necessarily something you see black and white, but for you, how do you make it black and white? Historically, you know, I, everyone tells you, like, what do you got to be to be a football team, right? Like, what is good culture? Well, it's got to be tough, smart, you know, like toughness and being smart and, like, kind of crazy every once in a while or whatever. I Like, I kind of look at toughness as, like, okay, well, like, physical toughness is what it brings to mind to me all the time. And a lot of the times that – a lot of the times of what I see, especially with young guys, is, like, like they can be super physically tough. Like, they can, you know – they can slam into somebody, get up, wipe it off, go to the next play, no big deal. The problem is, is you know, you lose a little bit of mental toughness. And uh, when, when you're going through college life, like, you need to have a set of measurables. So when I talk about loyalty to our, to our guys, I did this as a defensive coordinator the last two years. And, it, you know, I, I think it helped them evaluate themselves, evaluate their peers, and evaluate the, the coaching staff also. Um, you know, it's a – and when I talk about loyalty, I, I, I give them three things, and it's, it's as simple as it can humanly get. You got to show up on time. Very important caveat, but you show up, you're prepared, and you give maximum effort. Okay. So I don't care if you're going to the classroom, you're going to the weight room, practice a game, it doesn't matter. If you go, you know, if you go to your first job, if you go to raise your child, if you, you know, if you go to be a football coach, if you, if you if I, in my opinion, if you do those three things, that to me is loyalty. You're, you're loyal to yourself, to your teammates, to the staff, 
to your children, to your wife, doesn't matter. That's something that they can go, okay, perfect. I now know what I have to do to, to fit into this program and the standards uh, that we have. And then, you know, after that, I can talk about resiliency and adaptability and all that stuff. But the baseline of everything is, you know, baseline of everything showing up, obviously. But I, I just tell them it's loyalty. So if you're disloyal, so let's say you show up late. All right. That doesn't mean you're disloyal. It means that you've failed to hold the standard of what I believe loyalty is. Right. So now they know. So like this spring, for instance, guys show up late. They fail to communicate, right? Communication's huge. They don't tell us they're going to be late for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. They show up late, lack of loyalty. I whipped out this wheel that Drinkle used to spin for punishment. So we call it loyalty wheel and uh, found it in the, in the equipment room. I was like, we got to get this back out. And the, the players loved it because they know before, you know, you walk in late without a text message to the guy that takes attendance. Well, guess what? Lack of communication, not showing up, done deal. You you can suffer the consequences of you know of, of being disloyal in that in that sense. Now that doesn't mean you get kicked off the team and you're a bad person. It just means that you know you messed up a little bit and you you know you can build. I can build a, a loyal person through those three metrics. Now maximum effort is kind of hard to gauge, but I think everyone kind of know you know you know when someone's going all out or not. Like like try to explain to someone sitting in the classroom what maximum effort is well i don't i shouldn't have to but you sit in the front row you take your put your phone away take your hat off or whatever be super respectful make eye contact you know be interested in what's going on maximum effort in the classroom you know are you prepared that's you know that's a, it it just kind of it builds itself into its own thing and the, then the kids can run with it because if i show up to a meeting and i don't and i'm not prepared they know you know what I'm saying? Like, they know I don't know what I'm talking about. The PowerPoint's not right. I misspelled a bunch of words. I actually made two of the same sheets or whatever. I'm like, ah, you know, Myers isn't all put together today. Well, now I give them a measurement that they can go, yeah, okay, sure, not prepared. Well, that's not good. You know, my five-year-old knows if I'm not prepared in, in some senses of the word. I don't know. I could talk about this for a long time. <laughs> but that's, but that's how I describe it to them so they can measure themselves, the team, the staff, whoever it is that they're going to be interacting with. So we've got to bring it up because it's been a while, but the wheel. I know that's come up on the podcast before, but go ahead and remind the listeners what the wheel is. Oh, okay. Sorry. So it's just like a game wheel that you spin. It's got, it's like, it's got like different – we can write down different punishments, right? Well, I say – and sometimes the, the punishments are – can be more fun than you would think because like it's easy like all right 100 up downs or body drags or you know you're rolling or whatever but but really and this is something this is a big thing Drinkle always did was that I love to do like I don't think punishing the the individual that was laid or that you know had a behavior issue is always the right way like I'll take I'll make him pick some guys that will that will do the punishment for him I'll punish the team make him watch so some of the things that we'll write on there is like you know, it's a hundred up downs, but it's, it's not for you. It's for your teammates. And so then the accountability level of that individual goes way up, right? Like, okay, I, I'm not just affecting myself anymore. I'm affecting, you know, 89 other guys, which becomes a huge problem when you got, you know, <laughs> a bunch of dudes staring at you and being like, you can't just show up one time and or send a text message. Cause you're going to be late coming from work or whatever. Like it's, it, you know, problems can kind of solve themselves when you let the team 
you know, kind of handle. And that, and that involves, in a way, punishing them. Now, every once in a while on the, on the wheel, I'll, I'll give them free spaces too, right? Because I'll, I'll just tell them, like, you know, in life, like, you'll, like you guys are going to mess up when you guys go out in the world. And every once in a while, you're just going to get away with it. You'll be fine. No one will even know the difference. There, there's your free space, yeah. right? Get a couple free spaces. I don't think we landed on one, but whatever. <laughs> there's the chance. Yeah, there's the chance. Well, I have one for you to add to it. And when I was at BW, I, I think it was Tom Watts, who's the head coach at Ohio Westland here now. And uh, he taught me the worm drill. I said, what's the worm drill? He goes, you have them, you know, put them, get them down, they're lying on their belly. And they need to go, you know, however many yards ahead. They can't roll. They can't use their arms. They can't get on their knees. They literally have to move like a worm. And it just crushes their core. Like, uh, the yeah. guys get up and say, that was the worst thing I've ever had to do right, in it, football. It's a centipede, maybe. Is, that, is it just on your hands? It's, it's not even on your hands. Your, your, your hands are behind your back. You know, you have to keep your your torso in contact with the ground, so you're you know it's it's not an inchworm. You're not pushing forward with like your knees and and raising your your torso off the ground. You have to just get that movement from your torso, and it's, right. it just gets their core. Yeah, that that one the guys told me the feedback on that one is the worst thing they ever had to do, and 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 they'd only have to go like ten yards. They'd be like that crushed me. So there you yeah. go. There's there's a slot for you, a worm drill. <laughs> I'll, it'll be on there for sure. Well, Coach, as you said, and we started with non-classically trained coach. I know there's a lot of guys out there who get into this profession, and, and maybe they don't know everything. And, and you know, you've ad- admitted that you've been learning on the fly. You've said maybe there's guys coming in my program who know more. So, what's been the factor for you, really, that's bit, given you success in in your approach to being able to move forward in this profession? Well, there's been a couple of big things that happened, I think, for myself and us here at Kansas Wesleyan. So uh, there's a guy named Travis Johansson that came down to clinic us up on his defense. He was yeah. at Grandview, and now he's up at South Dakota. Really good dude. Yeah, he's, he's um, been on came, the podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, perfect. I mean, he, honestly, like, he came in, and uh, Drinkle brought him down. He clinic us up for a day, and like maybe it was a half a day. And he, and he kind of just explained. He did a couple things, but he he explained structures and uh, and ways to do things that I just I never even thought of before, and it was like and it was really really eye opening to me just to sit down and watch because I don't like once again when I say classically trained like I didn't go to all these clinics you know I didn't GA I didn't go through to a bunch of clinics I didn't have a, a ton of access to a lot of different people but you know Drinkle introduced us to Travis and and he came down and 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 really clinics up and let us know like kind of the stuff that he does and the, that's worked for him. And, and, and Coach Mick took that and ran with it. And I was, you know, I was coaching linebackers for him at the time. And then going forward, then it's like, you know, you kind of get to see like the value of meeting with other people and checking in with them. I think that was in end of 2017, maybe spring of 18, maybe we did that. It was so beneficial, you know, and I think that's, that's the fun part about coaching or like going to the ACA like clinicking with different people and like just meeting with them. Like I'm going to try to get with another guy next week about some analytic stuff that he's going to walk me through. And most of all these people that I know directly result of Drinkle and his, he was an incredible marketer. Like he marketed himself on Twitter, Facebook. He's got great content. He's got a billion followers. He's verified, right? He just does an incredible job at it. But really 
on the back end of it, he's like, he forces you to go talk to other people, meet other people. I and mean, he's an army right now, right? Everyone probably knows that. Uh, well, he, Wes Fleming's also an army. So I got with Wes last summer, talked a little bit of defense with him before we went into the fall season. And then this spring, I re- we really went hard with it since, or this winter, sorry, for the spring. So we could really start, you know, kind of implementing some of their baseline schemes. Now they're way too complicated for us, but really just their base, Base level schemes for us, man. It's I think it's going to work great, and I spent time with him. I got my DC with him, you know, on a couple of Zoom calls, and it was it, it's very very beneficial. Now the scary thing to me is trying to learn everything, <laughs> like right, like I've kind of been slowly learning, like everyone probably does. But you know, you can get on YouTube and watch YouTube videos for you know a year about football. Right. Like, it's all on there. Go. So, Every coach is on there talking about everything, and it's it's really good stuff. Like you're like, oh man, that's awesome, that's awesome. Well, when I got into coaching, you know, Coach Wrinkle, I watched him clinic a thousand times. Right, we always would go around, around watching clinic, fantastic. Uh, and he always he always talked about this one thing. It, it was like um, it's like a cafeteria offense, he would call it. Right. Well, I like this, I like this, I like this, and you just start grabbing random stuff. You put them on your plate. By the end of the by the end of the time you get through the buffet, you look at your plate and like a lot of the stuff doesn't mesh well together. You know, you got like gummy worms, <laughs> you know, topping or spaghetti or whatever. Like if you're just not paying attention to what you're doing. So the reason why I say that is because I, I think the same way. I don't have enough time in the day to learn it all, to really master it in my mind, to relate it to the coaching staff, your assistant coaches, and then so they can relate it to the players. When we go into the fall, I expect everything that we're going to do that fall to be installed in August. Okay. So like there's no brand new plays or schemes or systems that we're going to set up just to stop one thing. Now, triple, you know, we're running a triple option team. It's different, obviously, but outside of that, like I'm more focused on alignment and assignment and then getting the, the absolutely the best players we can find, you know, the best athletically, but also the ones that can hold up to the standard of Kansas Wesleyan that, you know, that was set a long time ago and my standard of loyalty. If you can do that, you're just going to have a ton of success over and over and over, repeated success. Coach, I've been watching your program, as I said, for a while. It's a fun program to watch. Uh, I, I believe you guys will have continued success, and I know you uh, appreciate the growth you've had along the way, but looking at what you do as a coach, what's the one thing you do that really gives your team, your players, the winning edge? what I focus on when I go and talk to the to our defense when I'm gonna and when I talk to our team now you know I get the whole team now um, I'm I'm focused on behaviors okay like like are you doing everything right I don't care what you're doing like a big thing that you know I was told when I was coming up in coaching is you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen that was a big one and, and also you know I'll Coach Trinkle said this by the way but I, he said he always said that he said I will lose with winners and win with winners. You know, I, he's like, I don't care. Like, I need guys that are going to do everything right. Because if you don't have that, if, you're not fo- if I don't focus on behaviors, if I'm only into scheme and our next opponent and what our guys are doing on the field, it really takes the onus off of what is really important, which is, you know, academics getting a college degree. But that also affects eligibility. You know, if I'm dealing with behavioral issues off the field, it really takes time away. Like, I just – I remember – just go through those falls where, you know, some guys will get in trouble every once in a while and you're spending time in an office with them instead of game planning and working with your staff. So I think if, if I can effectively direct this team to, to manage their behaviors, 
to the standard that I believe that they should be at, which is, is very easily defined. The first meeting we have, it'll be defined in very simple terms that everyone, my five-year-old can understand. And if I can do that, then, you know, success should be, will come with the, you know, with the way we recruit and the stuff that the administration lets us do in our facilities and all the incredible stuff that we have, you know, we'll go out and recruit and find really, really good, talented players and that everyone that comes in the door can hold up to that standard. That's how you have repeated success. So Coach, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? I'm listed on KW's website. My Twitter handle is Myers underscore KWU. My email is Matthew.Myers, M-Y-E-R-S at KWU. So if anyone wants to email me, get together, Zoom call, we'll be around a lot this summer. Obviously, the fall gets a little crazy, but we, we love to get with, uh, you know, whoever. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I usually learn at least one new thing, no matter who I'm talking to, especially with especially with younger coaches. They're not even younger coaches. The coaches, like high school coaches, I love talking to high school coaches because they, they're, they're delivering information to younger students than we have. You know, they're doing it with 14, 15. 16 year olds. I think that's incredible. That's like, that is a, that is a monumental task. Whoever wants to, you know, get together and rap about what we do or how we do it. I'm, I'm always around. Well, coach, uh, best of luck to you. The, the torch has been passed on again at Kansas Wesleyan. And so you're, you're carrying it forward for, you know, what began when you were 26 years old there. Um, so best of luck to you guys. We'll be following you. And, uh, Go get some more wins in 2022. Absolutely. Appreciate you a ton.